Thank you for checking out today's episode of the FizzCast. Today is Monday. It's not Cyber Monday anymore. No. There are still no codes to give out for us. Did you get any Cyber Monday deals? Yes, I, I got uh I got boots, oh, which nice. came which oh, came right on time. This, I think. And I also re-upped my athletic subscription. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Huge. So that that was that was pretty big for me. Did you do anything? No, I missed out completely. It's okay. Every day can be Cyber Monday if you listen to podcasts. <laughs> exactly. It really can. Um yeah, so we've got a lot to talk about. Syracuse is going bowling, and they're not just going bowling. They're going oh, to a bowl. big bowl. They're going to the Camping World Bowl. We'll get all your thoughts and reactions. We're going to do a special edition of Fizz Feedback today. Because I like it. there are a lot of great comments that you guys gave us on Twitter. And Syracuse basketball, bit of an up-and-down week, but coming out 2-0, you, know, you, yeah. you can't complain with that. So we'll get into all of that and a lot more. Tim, let's go camping. Let's go camping. Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. The FizzCast is back. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard, we're back. We're back. Tyus Battle's back. Bowls are back. really back. We've got a lot to talk about this week. We, there is so much Syracuse to get to. But first, be sure to follow us everywhere online at Orange Fizz, at Tim underscore Leonard 4. Did not hesitate once on that. <laughs> at Tyler Rocky underscore. And also on Facebook. You're probably listening to us on SoundCloud or iTunes right now. But be sure to like, subscribe, Give us a five-star rating, all that fun stuff. Was Tyler Aki taken? Yeah, It was. You had to throw there's, in the There's underscore. some gypsy down at Florida State, or <laughs> at least he used to go to Florida State. I don't I don't know what his whereabouts are now. But he he takes every username. I think the only thing I got him on is Venmo. That's really? the only place I sniped him. That's awful. But, like, that's kind of good. Yeah. I feel like Venmo having as, as generic as possible, you never yeah. know when the accidental money may... F- flow in <laughs> that's true yeah, so if you want to accidental venmo me at tyler rocky aki you got an a- you want any accident- <laughs> drop the bag you've got tim leonard that's a pretty generic name that's a good name to have for venmo yeah but i got the towson athletic director to deal with <laughs> now apparently i think he's the one that took my twitter name do you think towson athletic director is dropping bags through um, venmo is that the new way that these coaches are gonna illegally pay recruits maybe not towson the through school the maybe a duke or a kentucky <laughs> but i don't know Crazier things have happened. So what's your, you got to tell them what your Venmo is. I'm not going to tell them. I mean, I guess. It's it's Tim <laughs> underscore Leonard 4. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so tweet me, Venmo me, whatever. I yeah, mean, hit us up on Venmo. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the social I guess media I can, stuff. There's no bad to come from telling people my Venmo, unless yeah. people want to send me, like, one-cent Venmos with, like, you suck or <laughs> podcast sucked. Did you, did you watch the, what game was it? It was a New England-Minnesota football game. Yesterday, uh, yeah, of and, course. A- and Aaron Andrews is doing her sideline hit out of the break, and you just can audibly hear some dude yell, "Joe Buck sucks." <laughs> I didn't see that. It I was, did see it was pretty uh, funny. Belichick ripping into Thielen, though. Yeah, that the was enjoyable. White, the one white receiver he just couldn't get. Right. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, let's get back to. Did you see? Uh, not to. Well, we'll get to Syracuse eventually, but uh, the West they hate Virginia us now. or the Oklahoma Texas game. The guy who made was it Cal Cart. What's the guy's name? The Oklahoma receiver that made the catch? Anyway, he's a white receiver. He made a one-handed catch to, like, sure up the game, win the game. And someone tweeted, like, with that catch, Calcart Tota, or I can't remember his yeah. name, so I'm just going to botch it. But he said, or, uh, with that catch, so-and-so has now guaranteed himself a draft pick with the New England Patriots. He's the male candidate of college right. football. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> so he skyrocketed. Exactly. Let's get to Syracuse football because they had themselves a dandy of a Sunday, pretty much heading into, I'd say about, you weren't 100% positive they were going to be in the Camping World Bowl until probably about stripe. 2 o'clock. Yeah. When McMurphy comes out with the tweet and says, hearing that may not matter regardless of who the Big 12 opponent is, the Camping World Bowl is going to take Syracuse. And that's when you started to think, all right, he's not going to throw that out with right. empty also, reasoning. Just, the Camping World Bowl Twitter was like a maze. What what was that? I, <laughs> they I, were tweeting all week. Just I was to, having none of that. Just I really to stir wasn't. up controversy and try and get some clicks, some traction. But, yeah, I mean, I was thinking Pinstripe Bowl. It's kind of weird that Miami's in the Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah. It just doesn't really make much. It doesn't make much sense, but what were they, 7-5 and five this year? I mean, no, like, they deserve to be in that tier of right. a bowl. I just would have thought that, like, 
Pittsburgh would be in pinstripe and Miami would go to Sun Bowl maybe. Well, here here's my thought process behind Miami going to the pinstripe bowl. New York City, massive market. True. Miami is probably the biggest football brand in the ACC. I mean, Virginia it's them or, Tech, it's them or Florida State, Clemson. I would guess. But Clemson recently has had a lot of success. Yeah, I, Miami say, is the biggest brand. I mean, the U is just right. iconic. Yeah, that's true. And you true. figure a lot of people in that area, even if they're not alums from Miami, there's probably the most Miami fans out of any other college football team in New York City. Yeah, no, Miami's, bring them out. Miami's probably the biggest brand because they have kind of that like – they're Notre- arguably one of the biggest brands in college football. You right. look at like them, Texas, Notre Dame. Right. I was going to say they have that Notre Dame thing where it's like you didn't have to go to the school and you still might root right. for them because you're like, oh, the U, I grew up watching them yeah. and they were cool. Yeah. Turnover chain. Right. That, they got a lot garbage. going for yeah. them, except for a seven and five season. <laughs> yeah. So Syracuse in the Camping World Bowl, you weren't really sure of it until later on in the afternoon. They get the nod. They get West Virginia. I know that's got a lot of people excited. Did you watch Eric Dungy's little post-press conference? I mean, he He, was... He pretty much ended the Big East. Like, the Big East died yesterday. The (laughs) Big East, if it wasn't already dead, it died yesterday. So they're talking about... He's like, someone asked him about the rivalry aspect of this game. He's like, yeah, like, I didn't really realize they were rivals, that being Syracuse and West Virginia. And I, I, just me being from the West Coast, like, I didn't really recognize that. And then I got here and I kind of got a feel that they used to hate each other. And uh, they used to play in the same conference. What conference were we in? And then he, he like, has to get affirmation from no. someone who's like, was it the Big East? And then, Are yeah. you kidding? You know what? We're just going to play it right now. Oh, my gosh. I think it's going to be a, it's a cool opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, I was... Not aware of you know the tradition here and the rivalries. I mean, I'm from West Coast, but um, now I've been here for four years. I wasn't a part of the you know conference with Biggies or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but now the ACC. So I mean, it's it's gonna be a cool experience. I think it's gonna be a lot cooler for the guys um, who grew up with the Syracuse football and you know the fans um, that went through that rivalry. And <laughs> he said that. <laughs> yeah. So so oh. that so Eric Dungy ended the Biggies yesterday. Wow, that's <laughs> tough. That's really tough. I, I can't believe he had to get confirmation on that. Who I killed, can't believe I missed that. Yeah, who killed the Big East, Syracuse or Eric Dungy? How about the Big East AD? What's <laughs> yeah. uh, what's his or her name? It's, I'm sure Connor it is a woman now. could tell us. It, it is a woman right the now. The one I, that, I, can't remember. I don't know. We have to rewatch that 30 for 30. Yeah. Whatever. I think Eric Dungy needs to watch that 30 for 30. <laughs> yeah, Because there is football components of that. Yeah. It's sad. Now the Big East just has literally no football teams. Like, and... Creighton just blew it against Gonzaga this week. Yeah, they did. They botched pretty hard. So the Big East is dead. Thank you, Eric Dungy, for ending that. Now you play a West Virginia team, and let's just start with the importance of the Camping World Bowl. This would have been an absolute train wreck if Syracuse was going back to the pinstripe. A lot of angry people. And, I mean, beggars can't really be choosers because you're looking at a team that people weren't exactly sure if they'd get to a bowl. At yeah. the beginning of the season. I guess then, the positive is with the pinstripe, like maybe some fans could have gone to the game and it'd been yeah. a little more financially accessible. But I mean, nine one season, no team has ever won nine games and gone to the pinstripe right. bowl. Nine we would have been more. the most wins for a pinstripe team. That's yeah. that kind of tells you how good of a season Syracuse had, that they're elevating above the tier one bowls into the Kind of the same level as the New Year's Six. Right. If they sense. lost to BC, send us send them back to Yankee Stadium and send right. them back to the Pinstripe Bowl. But they didn't. They won nine games. And didn't just win. They destroyed them. Right. They crushed they them on the BC. road. So now th- that's just, I think that was very important for this team morale-wise, exposure-wise. It kind of shows, Now, I mean, now you're playing in a, a battle of top 20 teams. You're playing a, a top 15 team in West Virginia. And... I mean, this offense goes, and yeah. that, that's what you're going to hear. There. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So it's funny. When when you look at our tweet announcing the Camping World Bowl, pretty much every reply says, hope you take the over. Take the over. <laughs> over is free. So I think that means we have to take the yeah, under. Public Just fade. classic public fade. Yeah, no. I mean, they're going to set the over at a ridiculously high number. I'm going to guess... Let's see, both both of these teams are averaging at least 40 points yeah. per game. It'll be in the 80s, maybe 90s. I wouldn't go ni- 90s, 90s a is lot. Really high. <laughs> I take that back. I would guess, 
I don't think uh, they're going to set it in the 80s. 80s. I, yeah. I guess like 76. Right. I would say somewhere around there. And look, a lot of it has to do with Will, Will Greer play, the quarterback for West Virginia, who's obviously well-known Heisman candidate. He's got some NFL draft value, and a lot of these guys are sitting out now. They yeah. asked him last week, and he was kind of noncommittal on the whole thing and said, I have no thoughts. And, you know, in his defense, he basically was saying that because he said, all I was thinking about was we'd be playing in the Big 12 championship game this weekend. So I really haven't had time to entertain the thought of what happens in our next game, which is now a bowl game. So I hope he plays. I mean, I it just would make the whole thing more fun. And also, if Syracuse wins and he doesn't play, I just don't want to hear it from any West Virginia people saying, like, you know, put an asterisk on that one. Like, it's just way more it's, fun if you get two of the best quarterbacks in the country dueling. Right. And it's going to be a shootout for sure. And to me, if Will Greer doesn't play, I don't blame him because he does have value. Yeah. And we're seeing all these players now. It's it's starting to become a theme where they're sitting out. I think Ed Oliver from Houston, he's supposed to be like a top four right. pick. He's already announced he's not going to play in the bowl game. And I just don't blame him because – You've got too much value. You're playing such a dangerous sport. You're putting upwards of five to ten million dollars on the line on your first right. contract. So, is there a way to fix that? Like, can we? I mean, because yeah, you want to know how you do it? You you get rid of the bowl system. It's a. I mean, we've so talked what's about the this alternative, at large. Though? Yeah. The alternative is you expand the playoff to sixteen teams. You've got a whole month to kind of play this whole thing out. You work it just like the NFL playoffs. I don't understand why that's not the ploy from the get-go. It's not like college football is that big in terms of quantity of teams. There's only about 130 teams in college football. And And you can even play. That sounds like a lot, but at the same time, look at college basketball. They're wrestling with over 350 teams and 64 get in. So what is that? That's about one-seventh of the country getting in. and. I don't know. Maybe you ex- extend it to thirty-two teams in this college. That's or, a lot. Thirty-two is a lot, but yeah, there's maybe twenty-four, and you, you hand out some. And buys. you could even have like Alabama one seed would probably play. Maybe West Virginia would be the sixteen for all we know, and then Al- it would be at Alabama. They'd get home field, so you don't have to worry about like getting those venues at a specific right. date. Like mm-hmm. that's what the NFL playoffs does. But at the mean, same time, it's not like there's a lack of venues. You've got all these bowl games right. scheduled every day. That it doesn't really I guess, matter. I guess it still doesn't completely get rid of the problem, though. I mean, and Ed Oliver... It doesn't, but you're playing t- for something. Yeah. Like, you don't see players sit out of March Madness. Right. Because of their draft stock. If anything, it helps improve their draft stock. Granted, yeah. basketball is not nearly it's the dangerous. same type of risk, but... Yeah. I mean, you still see guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, I remember, in the NCAA tournament, I believe it was. Maybe it was right before, when he was playing for Colorado, and he tears his ACL and... I don't think he, he may have gone undrafted or it was yeah. definitely a late second round pick. And he's back on now, top. He, now he's a quality NBA player. Right. But you just kind of you lose your value a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's just tough because, like, we've talked about this at length. All that matters is what bowl game you got in. Like, now this season is a win for Syracuse. Right. And it's been and a I, win. I know for a everyone's while. talking about, oh, it would be cool to get to 10 wins, but. It would. That 10th win, how much does it really mean? I, I get it for the seniors. Some of these guys, it's their last ever football game they're going to play in. And I get that. But from an outside perspective, that 10th win, it just it doesn't feel like much. I will say, this bowl game feels like it means more for Syracuse. It definitely does. This, because, is, this is your classic UCF case, where last yeah, year, right. that game meant absolutely nothing to Auburn. Meanwhile, for UCF, they're trying to protect a, an undefeated season and they're actually playing for something. Meanwhile, Auburn goes out there, lays an egg, looks like they don't. They could care less. They probably didn't even know what bowl game they were yeah. in because it they wanted stinks. to be in the college football playoff. Right. And also, Syracuse, like UCF, I guess, is at the point where they're not an established program. They're trying to win some people over, win recruits over. Right. So you take it from, okay, you had a good season in the ACC and a down year, and you kind of played a soft schedule. I'm not saying that's the case, but some people will make that argument it's a lot harder for them to make that argument if you go and beat West Virginia at a neutral site, one of the best teams in the Big 12, and can score or you know hold their offense to a respectable amount and win that game. And hopefully it's not because Will Greer doesn't play. That's why I think it's even more important that Greer plays so that they beat the best version of West Virginia and then they can hand that to a recruiter. 
they have that footage to show to a recruit and say, this is where our program's at. We just won 10 games, and it's not because we had a soft season in the ACC or there was a soft schedule. We proved that in this bowl game. We dismantled West Virginia, a great team. Right. So the other piece in here for West Virginia in terms of could they play, could they not play, that's David Sills. It looks like he is going to play. He seems yep. pretty committed into playing this. He says he's given too much to the program to not play in the bowl game. Yeah. So that'll at least be good to see that matchup on the outside, whether it be against Frederick or he's Trill Williams or Melifonwu. I think that's going to be a, a fun matchup. And then I'm sure you'll see him go deep a couple times with Cisco yeah. to kind of be It'll there on doubles. It'll basically be like, what was I'm blanking on the Western Michigan wide receiver's name, who was really good week one. I feel like it's like him a little bit bigger is Sills and just like way better. Like like Sills is a better version of that guy, and that guy kind of torched us. I can't remember his name. But regardless, it will be kind of the matchup of the game. Like can Syracuse stop him and avoid the deep threat with him all game long because we know that's been a problem for Cuse in the past. The big play certainly is going to hurt Syracuse a couple times in this game. But at the right. same time, I mean, we talked about this last week too. The thing about the Big 12, yeah, West Virginia's going out there and putting up 50s and 40s every single week, but the Big 12 just doesn't know how to tackle. No. I mean, I thought Texas, uh, and, and watching that Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma, I really thought Texas was going to win because they were going to realize the fact that, hey, they can center up a tackle. They, yeah. They're not going <laughs> to. But then I watched the game, and they just get Big 12 tackling syndrome and start trying to take guys down from above the shoulders. Right. They just, they, I will it's say like you though, get in the game with Oklahoma and you forget how to tackle. I'm Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this because on one hand, if this is the way football is heading, and obviously it is heading this way, it's more scoring, the numbers are saying that. I get the perspective from like a football purist that's like, this is garbage. Like they're just running up and down the field. There's nothing to it, but who has the ball last, that type of thing. But at the same time, this game's going to be a blast to watch. Like yeah. It's going to be way more fun to watch than Wisconsin-Purdue in the snow or whatever. I, I just think that has to value. Like That Rams game on Monday Rams Night Football Chiefs, against yeah. the Chiefs was a joy to watch. It was one of the funnest football games I've watched in the past five or six years, and it wasn't even a playoff game. It felt like there was a playoff mentality all the way throughout because it was so much fun to see, like, Patrick Mahomes trade punches with Jared Goff, and the offenses go back and forth. And if we get that from Will Greer and Dungy, that's best-case scenario in terms of fandom and just entertainment value. So, I don't know. I mean, if this is the way football is heading, I guess for what I'm saying is if this is the way it's heading, I'm all for it. Because even though it's kind of frustrating to be like, oh, what a terrible tackle in the open field— it's way more fun to watch than the alternative. I'm looking through the bowl games right now, and aside from the college football playoff, this may be the best, like it's most be entertaining, so entertaining matchup. And I'm right. starting to get into the the games that actually kind of matter now. Just scrolling through, I'm I'm at Friday, December 28th, and I haven't seen anything that's really piqued my interest beyond that. Um, I mean, Iowa State, Washington State, that's not going to be that fun. Florida, Michigan, I'm not super enthused by no, either. Maybe South a Carolina, bit. Virginia, blah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are just, there's just not a lot of good bowl matchups this year. Right. I mean, it's like basically West Virginia is they're the epitome of modern football. And then Syracuse is not that far behind. Like what West Virginia is doing is like what Oregon did in that three or four year stretch with Chip Kelly, where every time Oregon was on, you were like, wow, I should get by the TV. I should watch this game because they have playmakers and a big play could happen like at the snap of a finger. So I just think that's more fun. And I think that's also the argument against college football sometimes is like, this is not as cool as the NFL because there's no tackling and there's just too many big plays and too many too much volatility. And I can get that perspective a little bit, but at the end of the day, I want to see scoring versus not seeing scoring. That's just right. a fact. And Syracuse is going to play the better defense in this game, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, you I mean, hope. I just see this Syracuse defense as, yeah, they're going to let up a couple, maybe 50, 60-yard touchdowns, but I just see West Virginia letting up one or two more. Right. And Syracuse is going to play, have better clock management too, in terms of just 
they're going to have longer drives. And yes, this is could be the classic cliche of who's got the ball last. But at the same time, I, I just, especially if Will Greer doesn't play, yeah. then I think Syracuse wins this game. But even with Will Greer in there, there's still a very good case to be made for Syracuse to win this game. And it's not going to be because of the offense. The offense, is, yes, is going to have to go punch for punch with the Mountaineers. I'm not but worried about that, though. I'm not, yeah, I'm not either. I just I think Syracuse has the better defense in this game, and I think you're going to see that. You get a little bit of pressure in there, and it could be one of those things where Alton Robinson or Kendall Coleman or Kylan Whitner gets in the backfield, knocks Greer down a couple times, and he says, I've had enough. I, I've, right. I've got too much on the line here, Yeah, and gets out of the game. Yeah, which, I mean, that's a possibility. One of the perks and one of the advantages and one of the reasons Dino Babers runs that type of offense is – with the exact purpose of the goal is to get these guys tired out in the secondary so that they start making sloppy tackles. Well, right. West Virginia is already a sloppy tackling team. So when you factor in that they're going to be run up and down the field and tired and going to be out there a lot, especially if West Virginia's offense is countering too in a quick fashion, but we'll see. I mean, I think West Virginia's going to be favored in the game, and if yeah. they have Will Greer, they'll definitely be favored. If they don't have like Will a Greer, right? yeah, maybe five maybe and like a half. Five, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say for sure, but I think Will Greer makes them like a touchdown favorite. If they don't have him, it'll be right around a pick I mean, they have this backup quarterback, a Miami transfer. He's no slouch. It's just not Will Greer. He's not a Heisman candidate, right. and it takes him down a notch. So before we move on to basketball here, just I mean nine and three. Let, let's yeah. just sit back and kind of soak <laughs> it in. This was a team that was projected to finish last in the Atlantic. They were projected to be one of the worst teams in the entire conference. And God, nine and three, they got the number two bowl game for ACC teams. I mean, they, what did what was the highest prediction on our like crystal ball fizz predictions? For I think the year? it may have been me at seven and five. Wow, but I remember. Watching that Western Michigan game, I w- I was there, uh, working for W A E R. Let's let's just get this out of the way right now. Right. We we both work at W A E R, and so we do play by play for some of the games here for Syracuse. We're actually we got to get on that Boston College basketball game. Yes, we because do. We, we need we, to we need see to get the three on Amigos, right? Because we found our third Amigo. We did, and we his had name to replace, is uh, uh, oh. it's something Sims. It's like Wyatt Sims, I think, is his name. Wyatt something, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. But it's he, definitely he is the third Eagle. He's good. And BC Providence this week. I'm jacked yeah. up for that <laughs> Tuesday night. So uh, I'm at that Western Michigan game, and I right after that opening touchdown to Custis, I turn to Noah Eagle, who who was calling the game with me. Some of you may know him, and I just say, "This team's winning eight games." <laughs> And he brought you that up wrong. to me. he brought that up to me the other day, and he's like, "They won up to you." Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, like they're gonna win ten games, maybe <laughs> they could win ten games, <laughs> right?" And just c- to look back on this, I mean, there's a lot of awesome moments from this season, and I don't know if you have a couple in mind that you really liked, but no. I, there's certainly a couple that have stood out to me. I don't know. You, you yeah, can go ahead and start. I mean, well, just going off that real quick, I was at the UConn game, kind of similar type of thing, and even though it was UConn and they're like right. the worst defense in the country, I remember thinking that's when it clicked with me. Like, we we may just mess around and be like really good this year. Right. Like they actually might be a serious ACC contender because their offense was just humming that day. But I think in terms of favorite moments, UNC as like a grinded out type of game was pretty euphoric at the end just because even though it was a really bad performance in a lot of regards and Dungey had to get yanked and it was UNC and it never should have been that close from a Syracuse side of things, it was still like that was the season. If they lost that game, like we're maybe not even talking about a bowl game right now. So that might be like the single most defining moment of the season. I'm trying to think of like most enjoyable thing to watch. I would say... Maybe even just like Florida State, because after that game when Dino's having his speech and he hops on Sports Center, it just felt like you could see the that was like the final sort of statement victory before these victories were going to become like expected. 
and and from this point on, they look like the program. And even though Florida State stinks, and we learned that afterwards, not going to a bowl game this year. Yeah, I think they're one of three ACC teams not going. Right, it's them, so UNC, UNC and who Virginia else? Tech. Oh, Louisville. Snuck in. Louisville suck. Yeah. Oh gosh, that was. <laughs> how can we forget? <laughs> And all three, well, I think Willie Taggart will keep his job, but Mac Brown is going to go to UNC. Louisville will try and get some coach to replace the remnants of Bobby Petrino. But yeah, I mean, not I, Jeff Brom. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I can't think of a specific play right now. I'll keep thinking, but I think those two wins sort of signified like, all right, this is going to be a legit season. Yeah, I like. I like that. Um, UNC was fun. I remember third quarter of UNC just. Looking at Jonathan Hoppy and being like, "Just get me to basketball season." Right. I was. Everyone was thinking. That. I, yeah. Yeah. It, it was basketball season then. It mm-hmm. really was. And now, looking back on it, that NC State win was really fun. I. I'd it, say my favorite play of the year was Dungey's like eighty-five yard touchdown pass. Can you remember was it who to caught Nikeem? it? Yeah, NC State. I think it was Nikeem. Yeah. And it's first quarter, you know, he threw for whatever, like 250 yards in the air in that first quarter against NC State. After all the adversity of the week and people thinking DeVito was going to come out and start or at least there was going to be a two-way system, he just came out and, like, threw probably the best pass of his Syracuse career in terms of just, like, skill. It was right on the money, like 40 yards in stride to Nikeem, and he took it the rest of the way. And that was like, okay, they showed up to play this game against NC State. It was a primetime game and so forth. They were trying to clinch bowl eligibility. And obviously, all the Dungy stuff was up in the air. So that was probably the coolest play. That was also for me, I mean, for Eric Dungy, I think that, and maybe this is a recency bias, but I think that's the most fun I've had watching Eric Dungy play football. Yeah. Because there was so much, you weren't sure if he was was up there too. BC, yeah. The last BC game was certainly up there. But the, I mean, just looking back on Eric Dungy's career, he started all 12 games. Yeah. And I'm not going to say he promised that in the preseason, but he said, I'm going to play every— He basically said, I'm playing every game this year. Right. And he did that. Yeah. For this guy to just—I don't know. I mean, this year, it didn't even feel like he was going to get hurt. I don't know why. I never had that feeling in the back of my mind. like Dame a little bit. That but. happened, but you could tell that was mm, that was probably like a little freak thing, and he was probably going to be back because he's reaching uh, for the back, and yeah. it kind of happened non-contact too. But it wasn't a bad non-contact injury. It was an after the play, he looked fine, and then all of a sudden he just hits the deck. Right. And so, then we get the Notre Dame guy clapping disrespectfully, <laughs> yeah. but no, I mean I think a little bit in that Notre Dame play was like, oh, here we go again. You know, it's that Maybe point a of the season, bit, but, but it, it still was. A weird year in the sense that he was still doing all the normal stuff and he wasn't really battling injuries. Right. I guess he came out of Florida State briefly, but that was mm-hmm. another like what was it like a turf bead in his eye? They yeah, said it was. They said he talk about a freak thing. Yeah, the, I mean, all of his injuries have kind of been freak type of accidents. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of them have he actually was due happened. For just a clean year, and he basically got that. I mean, right. He's going to play in the 13th game, and he's going to play in all 13 games this season. Yeah. That's, I mean, barring some travesty in practice. Right. Which, I mean, knock on wood, but, (laughs) I mean, Eric Dungy is going to play in all 13 games this year. And to me, that that shows, A, the warrior mentality, and B, that this guy just, I mean, this is a classic case of Syracuse wins this bowl game because Eric Dungy just cares more. Yeah. He's going to care more than a lot of those West Virginia players. This, Absolutely. And the entire senior class, too. I mean, looking up and down this roster, I don't know if this is an, an absolute fact, but I would guess of guys who are going to be on the active roster. So that doesn't include Tristan Jackson, doesn't include Abdul Adams. Coda Martin's probably the only one that's played in a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I don't know who else. I, I look. Pierce is a transfer, tra- but he came but it's from, always a from JUCO. JUCO. Like yeah. Guthrie's a transfer from JUCO. There's a, like a handful. Uh, Alton Robinson's from JUCO. Right. So they're not playing in bowl games. And yeah. I'm just looking through it. I, I'm pretty sure that You know, Cody the Martin, more we talk, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm starting to believe that Syracuse wins this game because they just have more to gain. It's the UCF factor. Right. Like, West Virginia doesn't really care. I mean, I guess they do for, like, their alumni and all that, but... Going to a bowl for them is, I mean, 
That's like the sun coming up in the morning. Right, and, and they're going to have more fans there probably. Mm-hmm. Just geographically, it makes a little bit more sense too. And, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of the Big East rivalry thing for some of their deep, hardcore fans, but I don't know, man. I think Dungy is going to play his absolute heart out in this game, like he did against BC, and yeah. he put on a show against BC. So why – I just don't visualize a scenario where Syracuse and Eric Dungy put in all – all the effort in the world in this game, they don't come out on top. I mean, in some respect, I mean, then there's the whole Will Greer thing, and West Virginia is really good. But I think I think Syracuse is going to want it way more, and that's at the end of the day what determines these bowl games. So those were our, our favorite moments on the field. Off the field, I had <laughs> one a particular. particular moment that involved one of our own. Yes, JD, JD Rauchy. So let's fill everyone in on a little bit of background here. Deep down this year, I was kind of hoping for a five-win season and Syracuse would be at the mercy of the APR, which after now after the fact, they would not have been at the mercy of the APR because I, I think there may be some six-win six teams that may be getting snubbed. Yeah, weird. Um, don't quote me on that, but I, I feel like I saw that. <laughs> don't quote so, me. So Syracuse could have been at the mercy of APR if they were at five and seven this year. Our own J.D. Rauchy. Which, clarify, APR is APR academic. academic progress rate. Right. Our own J.D. Rauchy was in a group project with Taj Harris. This is true. This is Star all. Star wide out Taj Harris. Star wide out Taj Harris. And I am just hoping <laughs> that J.D.'s group projects with Taj would be the difference between a bowl game and not a bowl game. <laughs> so... JD and I are at the Boston College game. We're we're at Dino's presser, and Taj Harris comes in for a one-on-one interview with someone, and he sees JD, and they are just eyeing each other down. The rest and is they are just la- like, bless this poor reporter's soul because it, he's not getting Taj's undivided attention. <laughs> he he's just not. Taj is locked in on JD. JD's sitting there cackling like a little ten-year-old over nothing, and. <laughs> I, I know something's coming because JD has told me about the nickname that Taj has given him. Yes, right. Jay Dizzle is what he calls him. So I've got my camera on the ready, ready for when Taj Capturing the moment. Taj is gonna leave this interview and just belt out something at JD. So I got it. I got it going. And then this is just what happens. Jay Dizzle. <laughs> that Jay Dizzle had me dead. Absolutely dead. Yeah, it's probably and not as funny for other it, yeah, people. Yeah, no one but else gets it. But you got to think of it this way: he is in a Taj is in a one-on-one interview with this writer <laughs> and gets out and just goes Jay Dizzle. And Can the we entire, open the pod with that? The entire room explodes. Oh, everyone man. is laughing. And then JD just acts like nothing happens because that's that's the relationship him and Taj have. What's up, Taj? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, just hey. like a whole a whole other thing. Ah, and they did great on the group project, apparently. Yeah, apparently so, they got an A, so Syracuse would have gotten in at 5-7 and seven because right. of that APR. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't need it, because Taj Harris it. played great, partially. Yeah. Taj Harris, he the reason why excellent. Syracuse is going bowling, whether it was in the classroom or on the field. Oh, so, man. Bi- big shout-out to Taj. He was phenomenal this year. He, yeah. Is he... I guess it's kind of tough with Andre Sisco on the other side of the ball and Andre Schmidt in special teams, but... Definitely right. the breakout offensive player yes. of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think he might have been the best receiver this year. I don't know. Custis the, was inconsistent. Nikeem was good. He battled Sean some Riley injuries. Sneaky had a Sean Riley good, had a good, good year. year. I feel like it really went know, under though. the radar. Taj was just Taj and Nikeem very were both consistent. very good. Yeah, and, and that just kind of shows what the the future holds at the receiver position because yeah, Ed, Ed I don't think a lot of people are talking about Ed Hendricks, no. right? Anthony Queeley is going to come in at some point, and I think he's going to be a, a difference maker for this team. He's Ed got, Hendricks he's got was four stars somewhere. Yeah, and, some people had right Ed at at four star, and I think then twenty four seven. It might have been, yeah. and then along with that, you've got Tristan Jackson coming in. That's a that's a four star guy who played at Michigan State. That's good. And then <laughs> those you help coup- your program. You couple that with Abdul Adams. Man, You're next at year a, is going to be pretty really dangerous fun. Team. Really fun. And, I mean, and there's even guys who have been in previous Dino Babers classes that we really haven't gotten a look at yet. I'm pretty excited right. to see what Nadarius Fagan brings. Yeah, how about like Kadir White? I yeah. mean, you add him. By the way, uh, Nadarius Fagan, pretty sure a big reader of the Fizz, maybe even listens to the Fizzcast wow. too. Huge. Because Hopefully, he's listening right now. He, he he likes a lot of our tweets. Yeah, 
He and does. So, uh, that's why I'm optimistic. He's a he's a big reader, big follower of the Fizz. So shout out to Darius Fagan. If you're listening, let us know. Big things coming from him, yeah. I think. He, I, I mean, this kid had an offer from Bama. Right. People he turned forget. down Bama. I think he had an, a Miami offer in there too. Yeah, I mean, we've talked at length about the recruits they got in the past week, and even um, Isaac, number seventy six overall. Adisa in the country, Isaac, yeah. right? Adisa number Isaac, number player in New York. Yeah, that that helps your program. He's put Syracuse in his top four. What mm-hmm. is it? Texas A and M, A and M, Miami, Penn State. Penn. Okay, so I mean, just to be in the conversation with those teams, and I think they have a legitimate case to win that guy. He's from New York, and based on what Syracuse has been producing on the field, why not? And they get those linebackers a couple weeks ago. Now you kind of shore up the area of your defense that struggled this season. And everyone from the secondary is coming back. Cisco. Not, they're not just coming back. They are freshmen And right they're going to get better and better. Iffy. I mean, the list goes on and on. Frederick, right. even Scoop's coming back. The whole team is basically coming back on the secondary side of things. you got a lot of the offensive line coming back. No reason to believe they don't repeat this performance from this year. In the coming years, really, and especially next year with DeVito kind of running the show. It's going to be a fun year next year. All right. Should we move to basketball? Let's get into some hoops. There was a lot to take away from this week. You you get the big 10-point win against Ohio State, the number 16 team in the country, the number one team in the country by some. (laughs) Although they dropped to number two right before the game, which wasn't fun. but I mean, still, we can say they beat the number one team they, in the country. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hold that. So Syracuse and Gonzaga, the only teams to take down the number one team in the country this year. <laughs> so congrats to the Zags, congrats to the Orange, and I mean we almost had to say congrats to the Blue Jays too right. after this week. Yeah, but I I just I think there was more good to take away than bad, and and here's why: that Ohio State win on the road. That's one looking back. I, we're gonna I think we should start calling these. ESPN tournament challenge games because when you're playing <laughs> yeah. the ESPN tournament we challenge, should. I like that. And you see the big wins and the bad losses that it shows yep. when you're doing the quality breakdown, wins, quality I think wins, is what they call and, it. and bad losses. This is going to go under the quality win, right? Or it's a notable outcome. So it'll be e- like this at Ohio a- State, then it'll be Duke win win, or you know how yeah, they do like, like the WWL. Win. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I love that because uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes they play three they split, times. Yeah, last year for uh, Penn State in Ohio State, it was <laughs> it was LLL. <laughs> yeah, but so that was their only bad loss, really. I I think that I mean this is one of your ESPN tournament challenge games that it's going to show up later on in the year because I think Ohio State is good and they're going to play in the Big Ten. They're going to have a chance for a lot more quality wins. They just rolled over Minnesota. I mean after. The, yeah, the Big Syracuse. Ten is looking really good this year. Yeah, they, and they are. They've got a, a bunch of ranked teams. You look at, I mean, Michigan has been the hottest team in the country this year, no they're, doubt in my mind. They're dominating they have, everyone. They, yeah, the, I mean that they put on an absolute expose of the of the ACC when they went out and stomped North Carolina and Villanova. I and mean, Nova. Yeah. I mean, they're not just beating teams; they're destroying teams. They crushed right. Purdue too this past week. They look unstoppable right now. Yeah. <laughs> they and look really good. I'd like to see them play a team like how about like Ohio State. Going back to last year, they've won like twenty four of twenty five or something. Like didn't they, they run through? They ran through the Big Ten tournament. Right. Last year they went into the NCAA tournament on like a ten game winning streak. I want right. to say they, so. They were a hot team. I mean, John Beeline is a fantastic head coach. Yeah. Finally getting the credit he deserves. And you got to chalk it up to coaching with him because he doesn't always get these big five-star recruits. Right. And and that's why, I mean, I'm a Bulls fan. Brett (laughs) Hoiberg got the can today. He did. I saw that. I don't think John Beeline is necessarily going to be brought up as a candidate, but I wouldn't mind John Beeline because I think he's a good coach. He's not just a good college coach. He's one of those guys who could translate at the next level, but... If you're him, what what's your motive to go to the next level? There really yeah, they're probably doing isn't great. One. I mean, their only loss is national title game in like the past whatever twenty five games. Probably, I'll tell you roughly. this, John Beeline, you should be more excited about because of John Beeline, you should be more excited about Michigan basketball than Michigan football because yeah. Michigan football every single year is a letdown. Yeah, then you and get Michigan rid of basketball every single year has been overachieving. Right, you're either winning the Big Ten or you're going to national championships. Is Michigan a basketball school. Hmm. <laughs> Makes you think. Probably it really not, does. They're since, they're heading that way, maybe. Yeah, they they look good. They look very very good, and uh, they're gonna one of, have a, a lot of Big Ten teams that look good. though. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that they went seven and seven, I mean, seven wins from the Big Ten, seven wins from the ACC in that challenge says a lot. It says a lot about the Big Ten because yeah. there were some absolute gimmies that the Big Ten pulled out. Like, right. you look at Rutgers and Miami. Rutgers goes down to Coral Gables and pulls out that win. Penn State, even. I know they were at home, but to beat Virginia Tech, Tech who's looked great this it's year. It's a good Tech team. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say that the ACC didn't have impressive wins. Right. Syracuse was an impressive win on the road against Ohio State. I thought NC State played great against Wisconsin on yep. the road. They should have won that game. You can also argue Pitt should have beat Iowa. Right, that was a good on performance. The road. And then Louisville defends his home court against a top 10 Michigan State right. team. How about Louisville? They're really They hot. may be a lot better than we Shout think. Shout out beat, Chris Mack. They beat, uh, was it Seton Hall the other day? Yeah, I think they've got another big road game. They play underdog? Indiana this week. So yes, they do. I'm very curious to see that because Indiana's been so-so. I mean, they, they got was, the clap from Duke. <laughs> right, which I guess everyone has been doing. Romeo's look great. Their top recruit, Romeo Lankford. People might remember he played against Darius Baisley in a game. Got outperformed by Darius Baisley, too. Yeah. Sad, sad stuff. But (laughs) anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Louisville's looked great. That's that's probably the biggest overachiever so far. I think Clemson and Miami have looked rough in the ACC side of things. They look brutal. Yeah. Especially Miami. They lost again the other night to uh, who was it? It wasn't Penn. I think they played Penn this week, but it was some some team that they shouldn't have lost to at home again. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, look, we've just completely gone through the ACC and Big Ten right there without right. really talking about <laughs> Syracuse. But so for me, though, the, I mean, the reason why this Ohio State game was so big, you, one of your stars was kind of down for the count. I mean, O'Shea Brissett got into that early foul trouble and he comes back in in the second half, doesn't record a single foul. He, he starts out, I want to say he started out three for three to start that second half, and yeah. he gets that run going, and the Made defense just three. locked down Ohio State. I mean, they were going scoreless stretches of five or six minutes. Right. It was it was a classic sef- second-half blitz, yeah. as we like to say. I mean, college basketball is full of them. Syracuse got the second-half blitz. Yeah, the Chargers gave one to the Steelers last night, right. but— it was the 2-3 zone in all its powers, sort of clicking, and Ohio State just didn't know what to do. That's a team that doesn't play against a lot of zone. They mentioned they played against one lousy non-conference team that played zone that year on the broadcast, but I don't care. It's nothing like the 2-3 zone that Syracuse brings to the table. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the big takeaway for me from this week is Tyus Battle and that he is back. Right. Like, who's back of the week? Tyus Battle. Right. Because Frank Howard's back, and he's playing his natural position And the criticism was probably bad from anyone in the first place to really doubt that he was going to return to his former self and his sophomore self, I guess you could say. But he's even been better than what we saw from his sophomore self in these past two games. He's been lights out from three and shooting the jumper like I haven't seen him over a two-game stretch really at any point at Syracuse. He's—so his numbers, I'm going to read them off for you. Ever since Frank Howard returned— this is going to be high. These are three games. Yep. He's averaging 23.3 points per game. And th- by the way, this is credit to Jason Murray from Syracuse.com. He tweeted these out. Okay. 23.3 points per game. Good. Sick, about 65% shooting from the field. Wow. And almost 75% shooting from three point. No way. 75 from three? Almost 75. I think it's about 73 right now. That's wow. That shows you the impact of having a true point guard out on the floor. Yeah. And having some game flow, not not that. Listen, Frank Howard is far from what he's going to be this year. He's still clearly not healthy. Right. You're seeing that in his basically his shot selection. He, he's had multiple games where he's only shot threes, and he has not shot the ball well at all. I think he's taken 20 shots so far this season. Only two have come from inside the arc. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, once we see Frank Howard start to attack these defenses, that's when. Those numbers that Battle has, they could go even further higher, especially the shooting percentages. Right. Because he's going to have all that more space. And if not, guess what? That means his defender is going to be locked up on him, and Frank Howard's got an easy coast to the basket for a layup. Frank Howard's not healthy yet. No. And that's been very apparent in the early going. Right. His contribution is still being felt. I think where Syracuse is at right now, just the gravity of that win for a November game was absurd. I mean— it felt like a must-win game, which is bizarre. I know it probably wasn't because we've seen them dig out of non-conference holes that we thought there was no business digging out of in the past, but 
when they lose three non-conference games, five of the last six years they've done that, they did not make the NCAA tournament. So that would have been their third non-conference game. We wouldn't even have been in December yet. And it also would have been like the only three games they really could have lost to that point in the season. Now they're at a point where the committee can look at Syracuse and say, oh, remember, they didn't have Frank Howard at MSG. And they can sort of, they have like a second life now to prove that was not us. That was Frank Howard-less Syracuse. Right. Let's prove— and that's important because that's actually a factor. Yes. Now they they weigh that stuff a lot more than I think people think now. And but does the net. <laughs> I don't know. There's no metric for no Frank Howard. <laughs> yeah, maybe there is If anything, there Frank Howard coming down. back has probably hurt them because his shooting numbers have been god-awful. I can't. So they actually have field goal percentage it's, in the it's net It's a part ranking. of the net efficiency. It's the, the <sighs> so dumb. offensive efficiency so dumb. and defensive efficiency. It just value whether you win the games or not. I mean, right. it's not that hard. But it really isn't. I, I think if Why do Sarah, we make this hard on ourselves, right. Tim? Why? We're not doing it. They're doing it. But, yeah. If Syracuse wins this week over Northeastern and Georgetown, they'll be very close to back in the top 25. Maybe. They'll probably be back— yeah. I mean, we're recording this on a Monday before the polls are out, but I would guess they're probably back in today after beating you think so? after beating Ohio State because they were receiving votes. Okay. So I'm going to guess that they're back lost. in. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean the, honestly, the Big Ten ACC Challenge probably did enough to knock some teams out. Right. I, but I not, don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm sure a handful of teams are out. Yeah. I'm trying to think who would have actually fallen out of the rankings though. Virginia Tech's not going to fall out. Purdue, Purdue will probably fall out of the rankings. They lost to Florida they, State and lost to Michigan. Right, and they they got Michigan State tossed not by fall Michigan. Out. Yeah, and they absolutely botched against. Right, so against I would say Florida if State. they do their job this week and pick up two non-conference wins at home, Northeastern not that bad of a team. They beat Alabama. They probably will be without their best player, so that helps Syracuse. But they're going to have to play a little bit better than they did at Cornell. We can talk about that Cornell game a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Assuming they take care of business this week, they'll definitely be in the top 25, Ooh, I think. Look, looking at some of the teams here, so Oregon lost to Texas oh, Southern. Right, they'll that fall hasn't out. been taken Clemson, into account yet. See ya. Clemson probably out. Villanova played a really close game with... Radford? What was it? like? No. No, it was like Maryland Eastern Shore, maybe? No, no, it wasn't that bad, was it? It was. No, it was that bad. It was an 0-7 team. I can't remember the name of the team. They, it, it was, was some team. It was Marymount? No. They actually beat Georgetown, Loyal, and Maryland. LaSalle, LaSalle, LaSalle. Sorry, right. I mean, not good, but... Right. But they're not going to fall out of the rankings, I don't think. Uh-huh. I mean, mm-hmm. who else did they play this past week? Uh, Regardless, Syracuse yeah. could sneak in. Syracuse could definitely get in. And especially, I mean, Buffalo's still sitting pretty and right around the 20 mark. If they pick off another ranked win, I know it's at home and it's Buffalo and they usually beat Buffalo and all that, but... They gave them a good game last year. We know what caliber of team Buffalo is. Yep. If they get that CJ Massenburg. Yeah. He's yeah, a he's, dude. He's he's a dude. They they're looking at like if they run the table in the non con, they're back to above where their preseason rating was now, I think. I think yeah. if they lose two games, but it's like also they run the table in like seven or eight or whatever the number is after MSG and they're undefeated with Frank Howard, then they're a top fifteen team. And UConn's looked all right too. Yeah. They they played a close game with Arizona. Yep. So UConn on a neutral floor without Frank Howard, probably not a terrible loss anymore. Right. I think Florida State plays UConn this week. Some ACC That sounds team. right, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we, we've talked about the past. Or let, let's talk a little bit about that Cornell game because yeah. I think that's certainly one that had a lot of Syracuse fans up in arms because it wasn't the cleanest of games. But at the same time, you... You beat Cornell, you held them off, and this was a team that had a legit score that can play at the next level. Yeah. Matt Morgan was unconscious from three, six of ten. He was unconscious, but why does this keep happening? Like, every year in the Dome, someone from one of these small schools, like, goes off. I mean, I don't know. And it felt like the St. Bonaventure game from last year all over again. Yeah. Because this team just got hot at the right time. And they they came out with the second half blitz. They did. <laughs> they they did. had the blitz in, in their favor, but Syracuse did just enough to to hold them off. Right. I mean, they made some adjustments. I would say 
Tyus Battle is the talking point in terms of the Syracuse things. We've already touched on him and, and how good. That was one of the best games I've seen Battle play start to finish. And mm-hmm. I know it was Cornell and all that. But he's he's had bigger games at bigger moments. Don't get me wrong. But just in terms of 40 minutes, he put on an exhibition in that game. Efficiency, I, too. Yeah, I'm just kind of sick of like a Matt Morgan type of player. I mean, that's Cornell's team. Like, shut him down, you stop Cornell, essentially. But at the same time... He was hitting ridiculous shots. He was hitting some ridiculous shots, but in a sense like that, I mean, no one else on Cornell was going to beat you. That's what I'm saying. So, do you let Matt Morgan get his? I mean, because he's not going to put up 50 points against you. I mean, we're also kind of splitting hairs here because Syracuse let up, what, 55 points against Cornell? Right. And and we're talking about a, a defensive meltdown. It wasn't a defensive meltdown, but... But it was, I, it was definitely a frustrating game. You should be more frustrated with the offense than I think the defense because 55 points, I don't care who you're playing. That's, it just feels that's like good defense. If someone gets hot from beyond the arc in the dome, wherever, against the 2-3 zone, and they're a legit scorer like a Matt Morgan, we or Syracuse needs to do a better job of like, all right, all our priority now is to stretch out the zone, especially when that guy has the ball and just get him off his spots. Like, make him shoot a heat check and then make him cool down from that point on. Because mm-hmm. it keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried. Right. I, I, I think te- or fans should not be worried about that loss. Yes, if you play like that against Georgetown on Saturday, you're probably going to lose. But Also, I think we always are saying, like, why can't Syracuse just be that program that just rolls over teams like this? But the style of basketball they play, it's just a lot tougher for them to blow out teams. That's just kind of what I've come to. I mean, even like a Virginia just doesn't blow out teams that much. Yeah, I was going to bring up Virginia right. in that sense. I mean, they do get some blowouts. but well, they're, they'll play like a Morgan State or something. But, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They they beat Dayton by 7. Right. They I mean, they beat MTSU by 22. And then they're playing teams that are worse than the teams that Syracuse yeah, plays. Yeah, exactly. Wisconsin and Maryland were both single-figure games. Probably should have beaten Maryland by double digits, to be honest. But hmm. That was still a pretty good win on the road, yeah. though, for them. Maryland looks pretty good. Maryland's but. solid. So, I'm not worried about Cornell. I don't think you're worried about Cornell. O'Shea Brissett had a, a great game, too. Yeah. He's looking a lot more efficient as well. That's going to be important moving forward. It's and, all about consistency with those guys. Yeah, and and they're Hughes getting to it right great. now. Yeah. So let's look ahead. Northeastern, that's coming up tomorrow on Tuesday. Some of you may be listening to this on Tuesday, so it may be today for you. <laughs> but I'm not worried about Northeastern. I don't think you're worried about Northeastern. The, I mean— They're a better just, team than Cornell. I mean, they are. that's a fact. They're, they actually are in a more legit conference and all that, and maybe Sneaky could be a tournament team if they get hot at the right time. But I do think their best player is hurt and is not going to play, which helps out Syracuse a lot. I still think SU's going to need to play better than they did against Cornell in order for this to be like an eight-point win or anything of that nature, or else it's going to get tight again. So I'm more focused on this Georgetown game on Saturday. Not to look ahead, but, I mean, this game— Let's look ahead. Let's look ahead. Talk about a game against a, a more important conference. I mean, Georgetown isn't that great of a team this year. They, I mean— They've, They've shown struggled. Strides, They've shown but... some semblance of competency. They're definitely better than they were last year. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a... Do they call the Big East the Power Five in basketball? I mean, this yeah. is... Yeah. If, if it's a don't, Power Five if game. If they don't, we will. Because I love the Big East, so yeah. I'm going to call it a Power Five game so, if not. Georgetown, so far this season, 6-1. and one. They're not really winning convincingly, but they they have not play to schedule either i mean well, they always do that too right i mean that that's a lot of teams do this too so right now their most impressive win i would say is against illinois, illinois yeah. on the road in the gavit games and uh, i mean th- their only losses to lmu loyola marymount that was a weird they've, one they've been sneaky a good team loyola marymount i'm pretty sure is still undefeated also so they, they could definitely get in i'm not are they in the whack I don't even know. Big West. They might be in the top 25 soon. Yeah, they're, they're knocking on the door, but Loyola Marymount, Sneaky might be, or they're in the same conference as Gonzaga. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's. So they, it's not like they don't challenge themselves, but 
just kind of looking at this Georgetown team, uh, it's going to be a lot of the same faces you saw last year. You've got Jesse Govan, Trey Morning's getting a lot of minutes now. Mm-hmm. That's Alonzo's son. Pretty good. Yeah, in case you didn't know, you got Patrick Ewan going out and getting all his <laughs> buddies' sons on their team, on his team, and uh, Tyus Battle's best friend, Jagan Mosley. Their best friends? Well, I don't know if they're best friends, but I, I always that's hold on to this because. Tyus Battle once posted something on Instagram. Oh, that's right. A couple years yeah. ago when he was a freshman, I believe. Syracuse fans were up in arms about this, <laughs> and weren't they? He's like, Oh, go follow my bro Jagan Mosley. He plays for Georgetown and it was it was just oh, it was a mess. He had to take it <laughs> yeah. down and just got absolutely roasted for everything. I mean, I feel like you're burying the lead here with right. who's on the Georgetown team. I mean, just go ahead and address the elephant in the room in terms of the player we're all excited to see yeah. come to the dome. It's Mac McClung. Yes. Mac McClung, if you don't know who he is. Just Google, take just, five minutes, pause the podcast, and pull up YouTube. Don't forget to come back to us, but pull right. up YouTube and uh, Google I'm looking through Mac the stats McClung right highlights. now. I don't see Mac McClung on here anywhere. Really? Well, he's playing, so yeah. that's just a botch from ESPN. Yeah, I mean. He'll be at the game. I mean. But yeah, Mac McClung, his dunks are, are fun. He's going to have a couple breakaways off yeah. of a Frank Howard turnover or something like that, and, and He's actually kind of good, too. Like, He's I didn't want to believe good, yeah. that. I wanted him to just be, like, sort of like Seventh Woods, essentially, and just have, like, a really cool highlight reel and then sort of not be as good of a basketball player as people want him to be. I don't mm-hmm. know why. That's kind of a so, hater take anyway. But The thing about Mac McClung, too, is people say he's cousins with Riff Raff. <laughs> and, and it says that right here on his 24-7 page, but I think that's been debunked, that he's not <laughs> okay. actually Riff Raff's cousin. I don't know. Uh, am I wrong there? Have you heard that too? I, I've heard it, but I really can't confirm or deny it. Yeah. If it says it on 24-7, then they need to clean up or... Yeah, it says his, his father, Marcus, played at Virginia Tech. I think it says play football at Virginia Tech. And then What he was is, his ranking? He's a three-star. Okay. Three-star, top 300 recruit. He's going to be fun, dude. He'll be there for four yeah. years, I would imagine, and, and just kind of like giving us dunks, doing his thing. That's right. going to be fun to watch. So Mac McClung, he'll he'll be a a fun player to watch in this game, if if, if he still exists. Because honestly, he's not showing up anywhere. Um, <laughs> he's on the team. He's on the we team. We know that. We know that for a fact. I saw him play. Yeah. Against Illinois. So Mac McClung, uh, Jesse Govan, and Tyus Battle's best friend Jagan Mosley all going to be a part of this game. Trey Morning too left him out for right. a brief second there. But yeah, no, no, this is a this is an important game because this is a game where if you play like you played against a team like Cornell, you lose this game. Yeah. And and yeah. I think you could say that about a bulk of the remaining non-con schedule. If you play like that against Buffalo, you're not just going to lose that game. You're going to lose that game by 15-20 points. Right. Especially offensively. And but Georgetown's def- got experience playing against the zone. I mean, at least right. like Jesse Govan, guys like that. A lot like of these that. players yeah, a lot of these players were on that team last year. That played against the zone. Right. They so. they gave him a run and went to overtime, of course. Syracuse needed a rally. And the year before that, we know what happened on Pearl Washington Day. So you right. kind of want to revenge that or avenge that loss, I should say, mm-hmm. when you're back at home now for the first time since that. It'll be it should be a good game. I'm guessing attendance will definitely be pretty high. Probably Yeah. Saturday. Twenty eight. Right. I would say twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty seven. Attendance right. was decent for the Cornell game, yeah. I'd say. All right, let's get to Fizz feedback because I I want to talk about some of this stuff that because we we had a lot of good yeah a lot of good responses. Shout out to Fizz Nation. Shout as out always. to Fizz Nation for coming out. Um, I'm just not gonna read anything that says take the over because <laughs> yeah, we've we've addressed that because we've addressed that and we've basically said if you do gamble, public fade <laughs> because everyone's gonna take the over. Um. I'm just, I mean, everything's about going to be a high score. I mean, these are complete dad comments. You're right. We're, we're getting all these dad responses. It's going to be a battle between two good quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. A lot of offense. Did JD First respond to punt these? loses. <laughs> First to punt loses. Um, <laughs> Take the over. Uh, Crazy game. Over will be 85. <laughs> um, shout out the, shoot out the defense with the most stops wins. Greer is a fumbler. I'll put my hopes on Robinson and company. I think that's kind of important. Yeah, there. actually, I agree with that because I think Greer, if you can get pressure on him, you can stop him a little bit. And I do believe Syracuse will get pressure on him. And I like this too because 
I mean, Syracuse's defense has prided itself on turnovers all season long. They have one of the best turnover differentials in the country. Right. And that could be a problem for the Mountaineers if Greer's going to cough the ball up, if Greer even plays, if he's coughing the ball up because Syracuse can get that pressure on the quarterback. They had the highest sack due in the, in the, in the ACC. Right. So I kind of like that point. Um, another guy, at B. Levy, go Cuse 2003. Congratulations, Orange. Great place to recruit some Southern boys. I think that's <laughs> kind of big, though. Like, yeah, I, that's it sounds a good like point a joke. Again. You go down to Florida— They've I mean, that's a place that in. They, they've been fending off Miami down in Florida. Right. I think that's kind of important, Maybe, too. Maybe uh, Dino will go early, take a trip to IMG, and just yeah. scout it out, see who's next to pick right. from IMG. This one comes from at Funk 2001. If WVU cares, they win by 35. Oh. I don't agree with that. And then no. he get, got a response from at the BJ Wetmore. He says, LOL, won't even score 35. This ain't the Big 12. <laughs> I, like I agree that. with that. Yeah, I, no, I, I this really is do. not going to be a blowout one way or the other, I don't think. I think it's going to be a close game if Greer plays, if Greer doesn't play, regardless of what happens. I mean, I think Syracuse and West Virginia are pretty evenly matched. They're two good offenses, and I think Syracuse has a little bit better of a defense, but West Virginia might have a little bit better of an offense. So I guess that's where we draw the line or what the difference is going to be. Right. Uh, it's It'll be a good game, and... I'm excited for that. I'm excited for everything that these Orange fans have been waiting for 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 a long time now because 2013, it, it may not seem like that long ago, but that's five years. Yeah. It's, and for, it's been for a, a long college time football coming. team to not get to a bowl in five years, I mean, that's talk, talk about setting back a program. That's what the, exactly what that is. I would say a lot of ACC teams would trade spots with Syracuse as a program right now. Would Florida State? Eh. Maybe, probably not. Probably, probably not. not because you've got the the seminal brand. Yeah. But I the, think the e- fact that you even had to entertain it, right? I mean, I think a Duke, a Georgia Tech, even a Virginia, they had a good year. But I, I still I mean, think aside from Clemson, Miami, BC probably would they would trade spots with Syracuse, UNC definitely. Pitt probably wouldn't. Louisville, oh my God. Louisville, yeah. <laughs> Louisville may trade spots with an FCS team. Yeah, any team. <laughs> yeah, they can't even hire a coach right now. That's pathetic. All right. That boy legendary Let's time. Let's do it. That boy legendary. I'll let you go first. All right, my that boy legendary. For those that don't know, shout out to Kylan Whitner. He mm-hmm. uh, coined the term of this segment. New segment we're starting. Just shout out one guy of the week that is legendary. Yeah, He's they did have a legendary, legendary. week. Mine's Charles Oakley, who <laughs> attended the Syracuse game against Cornell. People probably saw this floating around the Twittersphere and so forth. He was like front row at the Syracuse game. NBA legend, Charles Oakley. Why was he there? I mean, people he asked him. It, I still he, don't he really he was, get it. He's friends with uh, Derek Coleman. He's friends with a lot of Cuse guys, and Jim Beheim's a legend. Drew Carter actually didn't interview right, with him. But he was like, he still didn't really, like, I get it. Like, Syracuse is a cool spot to go see a game. Maybe I'm undervaluing that, but it's kind of out of the way. Like, you don't just like. <laughs> I think he was happen. also in town for some charity. Thing, okay, okay, which all right. I guess makes more. That sense. That makes more sense. Regardless, talk about someone that I just did not expect to see <laughs> at the Syracuse game. I guess he's New York guy. Yeah, somewhat Nick, legendary Nick. It feels like he has a lot of connections to this to the team. Maybe I mean maybe he's just like somewhat of a fan. He was just, like, praising Jim Beheim and how he just wanted to see, like, him in action because he's a legend. So, you know, shout-out Jim Beheim in the process, I guess. But that boy, legendary Charles Oakley, didn't expect him to show up. Kind of love him for showing up. He was taking photos with everyone. Apparently he was really nice. I mean, Drew Carter got an interview with him, and it was easy enough. So shout-out to him. That boy, legendary. My That Boy Legendary of the Week is going, I you know, I, I gave you one before the show, and I'm going to change it. Oh, wow. I'm going to give it to Jimmy Beheim. Not for his performance on the floor, although he did play pretty well. Yeah. Nine points. I think he had a, a good amount of rebounds, Six too. rebounds, Six I rebounds. Think. But more because he finessed his way into not having to come home to take a Christmas card picture. <laughs> because that game now, like, That's he, a good one. That picture at the end, you know that's going on the Bayheim oh family gosh, Christmas yeah. card. Now, and They're probably already in the mail. I'll give it. I'll give it to Jim too. I'm gonna give co co right. that boy legendaries to Jim Bayheim and Jimmy Bayheim because they no longer have to go out of their way now to take a Christmas picture for the the Christmas card. Yeah, 
That's so true. I I mean, I know from experience, that's always a pain for me. I hate doing it. I hate having to to gather around, get the whole family together, get your schedules aligned so you can take this Christmas card picture. But I I am very grateful that I don't have to to deal with that. And I'm sure they are too, that they have that out of the way. I mean, it was just served up on a platter. You're taking it in the house that your your father has pretty much made a household name. Right. And... uh, it's yeah. got to be the Christmas card. It's, yeah, it, I'm it's, sure Jimmy, Buddy, and even Jim, there's going to be a moment this week where they're looking at their photo or that photo and they're like, light bulb clicks. And they're like, oh my God, it's the Christmas card. This is great. We, we avoided it. <laughs> yeah. so, you know Julie had that planned out right. for a long time. Yeah, she probably. Knew. She knew. That boy, legendary. All right. Anything else we have to get to? No. Nah, I mean, it's 12-12 on uh, Monday. And yeah, Georgetown, we're running over an hour. Georgetown still sucks. Uh, That's my um, last thought. James <laughs> 